Well, good afternoon, everyone. The H1B guy here. And today, the H1B guy live, March 1st, 2023. H1B lottery for fiscal year 2024 special edition. It's a few seconds after 12 p.m. here on the East Coast, Eastern Standard Time, on March 1st, 2023, and the H-1B lottery for fiscal year 2024 has officially opened. But before we get started, I'd like to ask you, if you haven't already, to please subscribe to the H-1B Guy channel here on YouTube and like this video so that I can continue to produce more content like this for you. I also wanted to mention that H-1B Guy offers a variety of consulting services. I help businesses and individuals solve complex work authorization issues in the recruitment process while bringing awareness to employment-based immigration benefits. If I can help you, please reach out. I'd love to hear how. And you can book an appointment directly with me via the h1bguy.com. A reminder that today's live stream was brought to you by Syndesis and Path to Canada. The ideal plan B for high-skilled immigrants currently located in the U.S. whose status may be uncertain. By perm-ads.com, the industry leader in providing a seamless experience for employers and immigration attorneys navigating the complex perm recruitment ad phase of the labor certification process. And by Mob Squad. Are you a technology professional facing U.S. work visa-related challenges? Don't leave your fate up to chance. Our partner, Mob Squad, has a solution. Join the squad. Well, I started covering the lottery for fiscal year 2024 uh, during a live stream back on November 16th of 2022. I've subsequently covered it uh, during the H-1B lottery for fiscal year 2024, what you need to know, as well as multiple times during the H-1B guy news as recent as February 24th. Uh, last Friday, where we talked about the H-1B lottery opening. I think some of the biggest news around the H-1B lottery um, goes back to on January 27th, when USCIS announced that the initial registration period for fiscal year 2024 um, cap would run from March 1st at 12 p.m. Eastern, and all the way through March 17th of 2023, ending at 12 p.m. Eastern, spanning a total of, of 17 days. And during this registration window, uh, prospective petitioners, employers are able to submit registrations using USCIS's online H-1B registration system. Uh, for those of you who may be unfamiliar with uh, the H-1B online registration system, uh, that was implemented in 2020, um, where the first selection was actually held uh, during uh, during COVID, uh, when lockdowns and quarantines really started to happen, kind of the beginning, middle of March. Um, they received 275,000 registrations in that March of 2020 um, online uh, registration period. Subsequently, in March, uh, subsequently in 2020 for fiscal year 2021, uh, USCIS did hold a second lottery later on in the summer uh, because of the application percentages and they didn't have enough to 
uh, utilize the 85,000 H-1B visas that are made available through the annual lottery. Uh, for those of you who may not be aware, there are 65,000 H-1B visas made available uh, for individuals that have a bachelor's degree or a bachelor's degree um, outside of the U.S. And then an initial 20,000 for what's considered advanced degree. So that's a master's degree or higher that's obtained here in the U.S. for a total of 65,000 H-1B visas that are made available annually. Moving forward to March of 2021 for fiscal year 2022, USCIS received over 300,000, 308 roughly, um, H-1B registrations for fiscal year 2022. Uh, and then subsequently, USCIS held not one, but three. So there was a second and then a third H-1B lottery held uh, to utilize the, the available 85,000 for fiscal year 2022. And then last year, when you know things really had started to pick up, March of 2022, um, I was expecting there would be well over 300,000 registrations again, uh, but we came to find out that USCIS received 483,000 plus registrations for the H-1B lottery for fiscal year 2023. And subsequently, because of the previous years where they had to hold second and third lotteries, USCIS selected 127,000 plus registrations to meet that demand for the 85,000 available. So there was no second lottery held. Unfortunately, I was incorrect on that. I thought that there would be, but there was no second lottery that was held uh, for fiscal year 2023. So that moves us into this year for fiscal year 2024. And we can go back to May of 2022 and, you know, really track all the way through today um, and the announcements of, you know, five to 10 percent reductions in force across big tech and really uh, a lot of different organizations. Um, what's really been referred to as tech layoffs and even H-1B layoffs. There's kind of been this sentiment that um, this may be a good opportunity if you're seeking an H-1B um, to go into the lottery, to be registered, and you may have a higher probability. But I've been on record now a couple of times uh, where I still am uh, expecting there to be over 400,000 registrations. Um, I've been getting a lot of funny looks when I say that. And again, that number may be very aggressive. Uh, but, you know, my expectation is that there still is very high demand for H-1B visas. The fact that multiple registrations can occur for an individual, I think, is still driving those numbers higher than than most will expect it to be. Uh, and, and just as a recap, understand that, you know, there's a few important things to know here. Employers can only submit a candidate into the H-1B lottery um, electronic portal once. And that costs the employer a $10 non-refundable registration fee for each individual um, that they submit into the electronic portal. However, candidates have options. They're allowed to have as many employers as they want to submit their name into the portal. 
And I've been talking with many of you um, over the last several weeks. And I know that many of you out there are, you know, having one, two, three, four, five, as many as seven different employers register you in the electronic portal. And so, you know, I think that when we look at why are the numbers uh, expected to be extremely high again, when there's been a lot of layoffs in the news over the last eight to nine months, um, th this is the reason, you know, multiple registrations for an individual is, is possible. Employers can't sponsor that one individual more than once, but the individual can have as many employers as they want register their name. If a candidate is selected, though, multiple times, they can only have one employer submit their full paper petition. And so that's kind of the biggest thing here is that, uh, and I think while we saw USCIS last year select 127,000 plus, which basically was saying they're anticipating about a 70% application rate. Uh, as of right now, what we do know is that sometime between March 17th and March 31st, those that are randomly selected will be notified. Uh, and then beginning on April 1st through most likely June 30th, the 90-day window, um, petitioners will have uh, that time frame to submit a full formal paper petition, paper application, as, as we refer to here. Um, so, you know, again, to, to kind of recap the timeline, the portal opened about nine minutes ago and it will remain open through March 17th noon, um, giving you roughly 17 days to submit your name, to have your employer submit your name into the electronic registration uh, sometime between March 17th and March 31st. I, I actually believe it'll be between March 18th and the 25th that will start to begin receiving notifications and employers will begin being notified of those selections. So if you're looking for timeframes and you're one of those, it's like, hey, when do you think I'll know something? I'd say between March 18th and the 25th, but USCIS is on record saying it could go as far as March 31st. I don't believe that they will wait that long. I believe it'll be much earlier. Again, it's an electronic selection. They have those names. It's all digitally coded. And they'll be able to, to notify um, the petitioners of, of those selections so that the petitioners can then begin uh, preparing um, the full paper petition April 1st, again, through, through June 30th. Um, I really am interested to see, though, how many registrations USCIS will select this year if it will be over a hundred thousand. I don't know if it'll be as high as 127,000, but uh, again, I never thought that we would see that like we did last year. So I, I still am expecting a lot of demand here for the H1B lottery for fiscal year 2024. I expect that those applications registration numbers to be over 400,000. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had uh, Sophie Alcorn from TechCrunch's Dear Sophie and Alcorn Immigration Law on for a live stream, and her and I both did our predictions. She said she expects somewhere around 375000 Um, So we're on record there. Um, Sophie's on record saying around 375000 I'm on record saying over 400000 And we'll continue to track this. Uh, my assumption um, is most likely by the end of April, we'll have data on how many registrations there were and how many individuals were selected. Probably won't know that once the, the, the selection happens and employers are notified, but I do believe uh, that we should know more 
uh, probably by the end of April, maybe even the beginning of May with some really concrete data. Uh, so wanted to ask you, if you haven't already, please make sure that you are subscribed to the H1B Guide channel here on YouTube. Um, hit that like button and click the bell for notifications so you're notified anytime we do other live streams like we have here today, uh, a little after noon Eastern on March 1st, 2023. Uh, if you have questions or comments, um, please feel free to post those in the chat. I'd love to hear your H1B lottery stories. Um, if this is the first time that you're being submitted into the lottery or if this is the second or third time you're being submitted into the lottery. I'd also love to know where you're from. Drop that in the chat. Would love to know where you're watching and, and streaming from uh, today uh, and what brought you to the channel. Um, are you going into the lottery? Is, is your employer putting you in today? Are you already in? Um, so please share, share those comments and, and questions that you have in the chat. Would love to know where you're streaming from, if you're in the U.S. or if you're outside of the U.S., where you're currently watching from. Uh, this is the third annual uh, H1B Guy Live, um, H1B Lottery uh, Special Edition. This past Monday on February 27th, I had the opportunity to do a free workshop uh, for my good friend Daniel Botero at Mastering College to Career, where we talked about the H1B Lottery for fiscal year 2024. Uh, and we maxed out the Zoom, uh, the Zoom capacity. We hit 100 participants there. Um, you know, unfortunately, here during these live streams, middle of the day, YouTube, I don't think we'll quite get to that number, uh, but it just continues to tell me um, how much demand there is for the H-1B lottery, how much interest there continues to be for the H-1B lottery. This is something really we talk about here on this channel 365. Um, I know many of you have heard me tell this story many times over, but uh, for years, really before 2020, for years leading up to 2020, we literally would print out and sign full, full paper applications, petitions that had to be received by USCIS on April 1st. So it would be set up for delivery for FedEx. That may sound crazy to you, um, but, you know, ultimately, that was how it was done. It, it was done in a, a really a formal petition. We'd write checks out. They'd be written to the government. And, and if those checks weren't, uh, if those checks weren't cash, they'd be returned to us. So it created an additional expense for USCIS as it relates to, to postage. And so if we think about right now, as is, as is right now, $10 non-refundable registration fee. Um, of course, next year, that fee most likely will be $215 non-refundable registration fee per individual. But the current as is $10 non-refundable registration fee, if there are 400,000 400, uh, registrations received by USCIS at that $10 uh, non-refundable registration fee, it's an estimated $4 million in revenue for USCIS. And I will tell you, we've, we've talked about it a lot, USCIS, uh, their revenue is based on fees. That's how they operate. It's based on fees. You've seen significant increases proposed uh, that have covered here on this channel a good bit. 
um, that, that were proposed in, in early January, including the $215 increase for the H-1B registration. Uh, but USCIS, they run on their fee-based revenue. So $4 million approximately uh, they could potentially um, uh, earn here if there are 400,000 applications at that $10 a non-refundable registration fee. Uh, as I mentioned to the other thing that we have to calculate is the savings on return postage. I know that sounds crazy, but we're now in year four of this electronic registration and selection process. And it's estimated that USCIS has saved more than $2 million annually in return postage. And I'll tell you that is quite the number if we look at that I, I, you know combine the four million in revenue with two million in savings and it's almost a six million dollar endeavor for uscis to hold um the h1b electronic selection and h1b uh, electronic registration process um so hey kumar i see uh you're joining us from hyderabad uh, nice to see you hey smith Nice to see you. I know we've been communicating via LinkedIn and I owe you a response. You're joining from India today. Uh, nice to see you as well. Thanks for jumping in this afternoon. Um, but I think it again, it's it's worth mentioning that this is the last year, most likely for this $10 non-refundable registration fee. And next year we're looking at uh, you know, an approximately $215 non-refundable registration fee. And this is where my mind wanders to some basic math. So let's say that there's only 200,000 registrations received, but that fee is $215, okay? 200,000 registrations received, but that fee is $215. It's $43 million in revenue for USCIS. So a lot of folks, you know, want to discuss, you know, the H-1B visa, um, is not as, as much in demand. And I'm here to tell you that I disagree with that completely. The value continues to remain very high. The opportunity that the H-1B visa offers to individuals here in the U.S. and outside of the U.S. Uh, is, is the primary means for high-skilled immigrants to come to the U.S. that, that provides them with work authorization. Uh, so a, again, when we look at just a, a, a change, a $205 increase, um, and I've, you know, pontificated previously on increasing it to 500 or a thousand dollars and employers are still going to pay it. So case in point here, $215 is a blip, right? And if there's 200,000 registrations, it's worth $43 million in fee collection to USCIS. Now there is a caveat where I believe that $215 fee, um, if selected will be rolled into the, the, the cost of the H1B visa, um, but we'll see how that plays out between now and uh, next year. Again, would love to know where you're watching from. Thanks to Kumar and uh, Smeet for uh, for posting where they're, they're watching from. Would love to know where you're watching from. Definitely want to take your questions and comments. Uh, Kumar, I see yours. And Mohammed, I see yours. If there's others, please drop those in the chat and we will get to those towards the end of the stream here. Um, I wanted to move to probability. And Kumar, this is kind of a question um, that that I believe that you're asking here. And again, you know, if if we look at probability as a whole, right? 
market, we look at probability as a whole. Um, and we say, hey, you know, there, there's 400,000 registrations, but there's 85,000 spots. I'm just going to combine both categories just for sheer basics, right? That tells me that there's roughly a 25% or so um, probability. And I think that, you know, that, that's where <laughs> when we start to look at, like, what does that mean? Well, it means, you know, one in four, right? Um, yeah, again, 85,400 spots, it's, it's around 20-ish percent, 21%. Now, where the numbers get a little skewed is which pool that you're going into, right? And what I mean by that, which pool are you going into? Um, you're either going into a bachelor's degree or a foreign national bachelor's degree, okay? So that's a degree earned from outside of the U.S. or just a bachelor's degree earned in the U.S. Or you're going into the other pool, 20,000 pool, Um which is roughly right master's advanced master's degree 20,000 and we saw last year um, very high application rates there over a hundred thousand plus in that advanced pool so it was about a 20 percent probability um but I, I think if we're talking about kamar you're, you're asking about non-masters right so if we think about it from kind of that point of view, non-master 65,000 spots, and, and let's say there are the 400,000 applications, uh, but roughly 280,000 of those are for non-masters, right? And you want to get into that. Now we're talking about somewhere in the low 20 still, Um anywhere between 20 to, to 25%. It really is going to vary based on the total number of registrations and how that would be be increased. But if it's 65,000 and there's 280,000 that are in the non-masters category, um, you know, you're looking at roughly around a 20, 23% uh, probability of, of being selected. So one in five. And so that's where this multiple registration thing really starts to come in. You know, how many employers are you have that are registering you? Does that increase your odds and your probability? Yes, it does by small percentage points. Um, so I, I think as a whole, I'm expecting somewhere between a 20 to 25% probability of selection. If there is over 400,000, you know, applications, you're, you're looking at roughly somewhere between 21, 22%. Uh, depending on how many are submitted in that advanced category, uh, I do expect that number to be fairly high. Again, you know, over 100,000. If we were to just kind of, you know, guess and, and do some predictions, it, let's say it's 120,000 um, that, that are registered for those 20,000. Now you're talking about uh, 16, 17, 18% in that masters. And for a long time, this, this category was thought to be a higher probability of, of success. Unfortunately, with there only being 20,000 available, it does have a restriction. Um, and there is that cap. Okay. Uh, not going to get into a lot of the reform and things like that, that we've discussed here on this channel, but there's been discussions that I've heard of potentially increasing that advanced master's pool. But for right now, we're just going to stick with the 65 and the 20 
so Kumar, I think that answers your, your question. You know, what are the odds for selection for non-masters? And I'd say somewhere in the low twenties right now, um, is, is about where I'd estimate. So anywhere between one and four and one and five probability of being selected. I feel like that advanced degree category that the 20,000 is probably somewhere between uh, 15 to 20%, depending on how many registrations we see in that advanced degree category. But great question there, Kumar. Thank you so much. Um, the other thing I wanted to close out with, and this has been kind of a common theme um, as we've had the H1B lottery special edition live streams over the last couple of years, and that's, will there be more than one random selection held for fiscal year 2024 uh, last year my answer was yes uh, this year my answer is no i think uscis wised up to the fact they don't want to hold second and third lotteries they realized application rates are somewhere around 70 to 80 percent from those registrations that are selected so i do believe this year we will only see one h1b lottery uh, for fiscal year 2024. And, you know, as I was kind of alluding to earlier, um, I do expect USCIS most likely will select above that 85,000 number to make sure that they account for uh, the, the full allotment. You know, due to the INA, they, they have to. I do believe that we'll see them probably select uh, anywhere between 90 to 100,000 plus registrations, if not more. Um, a lot of that will be based on the overall registration number and kind of the demand that's that's created around that. So just to kind of recap everything again, dates, the portal open today, March 1st, uh, 2023 at 12 p.m. Eastern. It will run through March 17th, 12 p.m. Eastern. Uh, notifications per USCIS will be out by March 31st, but I'm expecting that um, notifications will begin being received starting on March 18th, 19th, possibly, um, and we'll go through the 25th. Again, if you're looking to have some hope and maybe you don't hear between the 18th and the 25th, know that you have until the 31st for your, your employer, for your petitioner to be notified. So there is really a two-week window, approximately, that will happen between the 17th and the 31st and will allow USCIS to, uh, to put out those notifications. Um, again, I am expecting over 400,000 registrations for this year's lottery. Uh, again, as we did some basic estimates, USCIS will most likely create over $4 million in revenue from this $10 non-refundable registration fee. Um, probability of being awarded somewhere between 20 to 25%, depending on the total number of registrations received. And of course, that varies depending on the category you're in, non-masters versus advanced master's degree, 65,000 available in that non-masters uh, international degree category, and 20,000 in the advanced degree category. And I don't believe there will be a second lottery held for fiscal year 2024. So let's roll into the questions and uh, and comments. Let's uh, let let's get into those. Um, definitely, if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to post those in the chat. Uh, plan to hang out here maybe another uh, 
five to 10 minutes, kind of depending on, on the Q and a session here. Would love to hear your H one B lottery stories. If you want to post those in the chat, I definitely would love to bring those up on the screen and, and highlight those. Hey, Muhammad, I see you're watching from Egypt. Thank you so much for, for joining in here today. Um, Muhammad asks, uh, if selected for H1B, how long will it take to have Visa and come to the U.S.? Uh, good question, Muhammad. A lot of this is based on when your employer would submit uh, your, your, your full paper petition to USCIS. And once that's approved, your H1B visa is approved. So they can submit that typically either in um, uh, premium processing or regular processing. Um, I always advise on premium processing, even if you have to pay for it out of pocket reason being, it gives you peace of mind. But since you're from Egypt, the biggest thing is once you have your H1B visa approval, you'll then have to get a consulate appointment. If you're located outside of the U S as you mentioned, you're in Egypt. Um, and once you get that consulate appointment approved, uh, 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 the consulate appointment and you go through the approval phase and you get your stamp, you then would be able to enter most likely the very end of September or on or before October 1st because your H-1B visa becomes valid and you've been working on H-1B visa beginning on October 1st. So to give you a timeline, um, again, let's say you're selected, you're notified March 18th, 19th, your employer begins to prepare the full paper petition. They submit that sometime in the middle of May. Uh, you're approved in the end of June. You get your consulate appointment in August, and you could possibly enter the very end of September on or before October 1st. So I hope that helps answer your question there, Muhammad. Uh, Smeet saying 13% probability i think it's a little higher but again that's really dependent upon how many uh, registrations per each category are received but that's a good point um hey alish how are you i didn't get that nice to nice to see you thanks for joining in here today um if i apply for f1 visa and an h1b visa for both at the same time uh then is it effect or not so kind of two different categories here if you're selected for h1 and an application is filed and approved you then would be considered under h1 status you'd have to go through either a consulate appointment if you're outside of the u.s or if you're in the u.s on f1 status uh beginning in august uh uscis is going to be offering in u.s consulate appointments so, so that would allow you to kind of go through the, the the change of status and and receive a new i-94 although if you're in the u.s on f1 and your h1b is approved you automatically change status and can begin working on h1b um, starting on october 1st uh so good question there uh, just wanted to mention again, if you're watching now uh, and you're looking for ways you can support the H1B Guy platform, you can do so currently through the Super Chat function here during the live stream. Um, you can also do so through the Super Thanks if you're watching or listening to this at a later date. Uh, really appreciate any support that you can offer here to the H1B Guy channel and the H1B Guy platform. Um, any contributions made or reinvested back into the technology here that helps run this engine 
So thank you very much for those of you that have supported me in the past. Um, if you do have other questions or comments, please feel free to drop those in the chat. I do have a couple more minutes. Um, don't plan to go a full hour today, but definitely would like to answer any more questions or comments that you do have. Um, Chetan has a question. Chetan's asking me about my Stamp It Out episodes. Yeah, that's a series, um, Chetan, that I have not done a Stamp It Out episode in well over a year. Um, some of that is some of the challenges that I've been facing and having high-skilled immigrants that are on H-1B visa here in the U.S. come on the channel and, and tell their story. Some of it is some of the direction of the channel. Um, it's kind of pivoted a little bit. The Stamp It Out series is one of the first kind of creative ideas and visions I had was to allow individuals like yourself um, to tell their story here through kind of a series of 10 questions and what I called the, the Stamp It Out Q&A. Um, but I have done some interviews uh, uh, kind of outside of that with, of course, I had Sophie Alcorn on. Um, I've had the sponsors of the channel, folks from Mob Squad and Syndesis and Path to Canada. Um, I do plan to do another um, uh, interview with an engineer from Mob Squad that recently relocated to Canada. So be on the lookout for that sometime, maybe in the next month or so. Um, but yeah, I'd love to do more stamp it out Q and A's. Um, but I need volunteers and folks that, I, you know, I think that have an interesting story that, that, that needs to be told. Um, so I'm all ears there. If you have any suggestions, you know where to find me chat and thanks for joining live stream here. Uh, Kumar's asking, is there an interview waiver for people who worked in the U S on H1B visa before? Not that I'm aware of, because I do believe if you are past the um, the window of time where you've been outside of the U.S. for more than a year and you're eligible for a fresh H-1B, um, I, I believe you'd have to go through the consulate. But if it's, um, yeah, I don't see where Dropbox would be a possibility here. Even if you were trying to submit a change of employer on the previously issued H-1B, you'd still have to go back through the appointment process. Um, but that's a, a good question as well. All right, so any other questions or comments, please drop those in the chat. Do have a couple of more minutes here. I wanted to thank everyone who took time to join me here today um, for the H-1B Guy Live, uh, March 1st, 2023, H-1B Lottery Fiscal Year 2024 Special Edition. Again, in the video description below, um, you'll see links to the H-1B Guy Live on November 16th. Uh, 2022, the H-1B lottery for fiscal year 2024, what you need to know, as well as previous H-1B lottery special edition live streams for 2022 and 2021. So if you're curious about some of my predictions and, and questions and comments that uh, uh, we've talked about for previous lotteries, you can find those in, in the backlog. Um, and if you haven't, again, make sure that you are subscribed to this channel uh, like this video, click the bell for notifications. Um, we're going to continue to be talking about the H-1B lottery more. We're going to do more coverage on what your options are if you're not selected. Uh, so there's a lot more that will be coming uh, here from this channel surrounding the H-1B lottery. Um, and just wanted to do a, a, a really a special kickoff, right? Special edition here. The registration portal is open. Um, I'm sure as of right now, USCIS has probably already received thousands of registrations. 
Um, so it's it's pretty crazy and mind boggling to think. But uh, one of the questions, and I, I mentioned um, the free workshop I did on Monday, uh, this this past Monday, February twenty seventh, with Mastering College to Career, my good friend Daniel Botero. Um, one of the questions that came up from there, which I think is very relative here, is will it benefit me to go into the lottery um, on March 1st or early on in the portal, March 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 4th? You get the point. Like, is it, is it beneficial to me to be registered earlier on in this window? Uh, my answer was, as of right now, no, I don't believe so. And the reason why I say that is because USCIS is on record as stating a window of time, March 1st, noon, through March 17th, noon, Eastern time. And so I don't see where even if they were to receive 400, 500,000 registrations, they would close that window uh, until the 17th. Why? $10 non-refundable registration fee. So the more registrations USCIS has, the more profitable the lottery becomes for them. And they'll hold a random selection, use their algorithm, select their 65 and their, their 20,000, and then potentially 15 to 20K more above that to make sure that they have a buffer uh, de dependent upon what they, they are expecting for application rates. Um, but I thought that was a really good question because the old school was, yes, you needed to have your physical paper petition delivered to USCIS by April 1st, because if you didn't, they could have received a hundred thousand registrations, applications, full applications and cut it off and not take accept anymore. But that's no longer the case. And, and just with the registration being the way it is, again, it's a revenue generator, 4 million plus I expect them to make just on a $10 non-refundable registration fee. Um, let's see couple more questions here at least suppose if i have my f1 visa interview on march 1st and if i register on march 1st week it may be effective or not nope the two don't really matter um the reason why is because they're kind of separate f1 is you coming here to study in the u.s whereas the h1b registration and that electronic selection lottery um is is separate so the the two are, are completely separate alish but good question i wouldn't have any concerns about your f1 visa interview if it's today or up an employer submitting your name and registering you in the lottery today as well i don't i don't see any issues with that another thing and this is a good point um make sure that you've created a my uscis account you you need an alien id number um, if you don't have one, you can also get a registration number from those employers who are sponsoring you so that you can track through your MyUSCIS account uh, the status. If you're selected, you'll see it submitted, selected, withdrawn, rejected. You'll you, There's different statuses that will be coded in there. Hey, Samit, thank you um, for joining. appreciate your comments, and uh, I know I owe you a response, so I will get back to you. Um, at some point today, once I have some time uh, via LinkedIn. Thank you. Kumar, thank you so much, man. Uh, appreciate you joining me. Uh, this is one of the things I love to do. I need more interactive audience. I need you guys jumping in and offering questions and comments. Um, it allows me to really kind of do my extemporaneous thing, which is one of the things I'm really good at when we talk about work authorizations, H-1Bs, and staffing. Um, this is what I live and breathe. This is what I do. 
Um, so I will tell you that uh, these live streams are, are some of my favorite sessions that I've done. And I can't do this without your guys' interactive support. Um, so thank you so much, Kumar. And, and this is where, you know, I, again, a little plug, like if you love what I do here, um, you know, please, there's there's ways to support the platform. You can do so through subscribing, uh, liking this video and hitting that bell for notifications so that you're notified whenever I put out my, you know, typically two videos a week that we put out here on this platform. Um, and if you can continue to support those, uh, that that's the easiest way for you to support me. Um, you can share my videos and you can comment on them on YouTube, right? Uh, but if you're looking for ways to go even further, there's the super uh, chat function that's always available during live streams. Super thanks if you're watching or listening to this at a later date or there's something I said and you're like, wow, that's a great comment. Um, you can also offer super thanks in all of my videos in the library of content that currently exists on the H1B Guy channel. We're getting really close to 5,000 subscribers. So if you're not already subscribed, please, please, I beg you, subscribe so that we can cross that milestone. And we're just going to keep going and do what we do here and do what I do best, which is talk about IT staffing, H1B visas, and the green card backlog. Okay. Um, Shashank, hey, my friend, good to see you. It's been a while. Um, your fifth lottery, what are your chances of selection? Uh, well, we talked about earlier, you know, I, I think anywhere between 20 to 25%. That number goes higher as the registration number goes lower. So one in four, one in five, roughly, Shashank, not the greatest odds. Yep. All the best. Second lottery for Kumar. Absolutely. Um, good luck to both of you. Uh, Thangamutha asks, uh, will my predictions in the H1B lottery selection per candidate with multiple applications? Yeah, that's when I say 400,000 registrations. I'm assuming that everyone is having at least one, two, three, four for employers register them. And that's one of the things I think USCIS is looking to curb with increasing that fee to the $215 per registration. All right, uh, so, so Fennell, gotcha. Can I submit an H-1B registration at the same time with an EB-2, EB-3 registration? Those are separate. So EB2, EB3 registration is employment-based green card sponsorship. They can do that outside of you being on an H-1B visa. That can actually be done while you're outside of the U.S. But the best way, because H-1B visa is considered dual intent, is to be on an H-1B visa first before going through with the perm labor um, certifications, what you're referring to as, as EB2, EB3 registration. Um, so yeah, you can, you can do it at the same time, but my, my advice to you is get on an H1B first and then pursue, uh, the perm labor, the green card sponsorship. All right, Alish, thank you so much for joining. I want to thank everyone who has taken time to drop a question or a comment in the chat. Um, I'm going to go ahead and do a quick recap. If there are any last minute questions, drop those in, and then I'm going to close this out. So again, to recap. Starting today, March 1st, 2023 at noon Eastern, the H-1B electronic portal for registrations is open via USCIS, and it will remain open through March 17th at noon Eastern. 
Uh, USCIS is on record saying notifications will be put out by March 31st, but I expect starting on the 18th through the 25th, uh, petitioners will be notified of selections. Uh, that paper application period will be from April 1st, most likely through June 30th. Um, USAIS, I expect, based on that $10 non-refundable registration fee, if there's over 400,000 registrations, will generate more than $4 million in revenue. Probability of being selected awarded is somewhere between 20 to 25%, depending on the category that you're going in and how many registrations are received. I don't believe there'll be any additional random selections or what we call second or third H-1B lotteries held for fiscal year 2024. And at the end of the day, the demand for the H-1B visa still remains very high. And there's a reason why many of you come to me with questions um, because it's very complicated. And the more you know, the better position it puts you in. So thank you all for taking time to join me here today. I really appreciate it. Uh, with that being said, today's live stream is brought to you by Syndesis and Path to Canada. The ideal plan B for high-skilled immigrants currently located in the U.S. whose status may be uncertain. If you're facing an H-1B denial or OPT expiration, don't get caught off guard. Make sure you have a plan B and Syndesis and Path to Canada are your answers. They'll gladly help you navigate the process. And if you'd like to find out if you qualify, please be sure to use the link in the video description below. And someone from Syndesis or Path to Canada will be in touch. And by perm-ads.com, the industry leader in providing a seamless experience for employers and immigration attorneys navigating the complex perm recruitment ad phase of the labor certification process. If you're looking to reduce your costs and overhead associated with perm labor certification recruitment advertising, let perm-ads.com help you. And by Mob Squad, are you a technology professional facing U.S. work visa-related challenges? Don't leave your fate up to chance. Our partner, MobSquad, has a solution. MobSquad helps technology professionals facing U.S. work visa-related uncertainty remain working with their current U.S. company near shore from Canada, as well as technology professionals from around the world who are seeking an opportunity to find a rewarding career in North America. Through their partnership with the Canadian government, they can obtain a Canadian work permit for you and your spouse in as little as eight weeks. So whether you're looking to stay working with your current U.S. company or you want to find a new opportunity in Canada, Please find out how the team at Mob Squad can help you via the link in the video description below. Just wanted to ask you one last time, make sure you like this video, you're subscribed to the H1B Guide channel here on YouTube, and click the bell for notifications. For those of you who may be listening on the podcast, if you could please leave us a comment and a rating. Would greatly appreciate that. I know the podcast audience has been growing exponentially over the last several months. So thank you to all of my audio listeners out there. Uh, but for those of you who made it this far, I just want to say thank you so much. Thank you for your support. Thank you for continuing to come here and join these live streams for your engagement and for your interaction. I cannot do this without you. Um, and for that, I am forever grateful and just really, really appreciate it and want you to know um, how much it really means to me personally. And the success of this platform and this channel is because of you. Thank you. I'm Robert. You can connect with me on LinkedIn, follow me on Twitter, join the Telegram group, uh, link uh, uh, Instagram, Facebook, all of the socials. You can find me on all the socials. Um, but please, if, if we're not connected or you're not following me on any of those socials, would love to uh, to meet you over there. 
Um, so with that being said, I'm Robert. I'm the H1B guy. Your global source for all things H1B.